episode 17 of the Feasible Filmcast. My name is Christopher, and I am joined today by Philip. How's it going today? Pretty good. Pretty good? All right. How's it going? Oh, it's going pretty good today. Um, It's going to be a massive show today with reviews of Finding Dory, uh, Warcraft, The Secret Life of Pets, and many more. So let's go ahead and get started with our main review, you know, one we both watched, which is Finding Dory. Um, and it goes a little bit like this. Dory is a wide-eyed blue tang fish who suffers from memory loss every 10 seconds or so. The one thing she can't remember is that somehow she became separated from her parents as a child. With help from her friends, Nemo and Marlin, Dory embarks on an epic adventure to find them. It's um, directed by uh, Andrew Stanton and stars uh, Ellen DeGeneres, like Eugene Levy and a couple of other people. And, um, like, I guess before we, before we started, I just remember one thing that Pixar said a long time ago, and I kind of wanted to see what you thought, like, you remember how, I don't remember where the turn, where it, where it changed, but I, I remember at one point Pixar said that they would never do sequels. Do you remember that? Um, like a long time ago, like they did, you know, like with, um, you know, they were doing like Toy Story and, uh, yeah, but I, I, I'm I mean, not sh- because they did Toy Story too, like long like almost maybe within three or four years after this first one right. came out didn't they yeah and I, I just remember them saying they would never do them and it, it, it gets kind of weird that it seems like yeah. that's all they're doing now but uh yeah well but, i did i did read something that said that uh because i guess their current roster mm-hmm. is uh is kind of packed uh kind of heavy mm-hmm. um uh their their current roster is packed kind of heavy with uh um sequels mm-hmm. um with uh you know like things like the the cars sequel i know that they're, they're gonna make a third cars movie right uh they're gonna make um uh like what is it uh, uh toy story 4 uh-huh. and they're also have i think incredibles 2 lined up for like 2019 uh-huh. and so uh yeah so there's there's um um you know, I, I don't know. I think their current lineup is kind of sequel heavy, but I did read uh, something stating that uh, the go- going forward, they're not going to be uh, doing quite so many sequels mm-hmm. after these uh, after the next three or four years. Once these get out there, that they're going to try to focus more on um, like original, original content. Uh-huh. So I yeah. do know that uh, I had heard that, but I, I don't know. I think I think it's possible that I may have read something that they're not doing sequels Um you know, maybe maybe it was before the acquisition of, uh, before Disney actually purchased Pixar outright. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Do you, do you recall anything? No, I don't really remember. But I, um, I just like I. It's just weird because like you have you have both sides. You have people that are saying they don't want the sequels and they want original stuff because, you know, I mean, you could say like their original stuff's like the best. You know, especially right. like Incredibles is like one of my favorites. And, right. And, you know, it's kind of like they're using all their resources and and putting money into things that they know is going to make a, you know, make a lot of money, which isn't a bad thing. You know, I mean, that seems what everybody's doing. I mean, just, you know, look at Turtles and Ghostbusters, stuff like that. You know, it seems like everything's sequels nowadays. But, uh, you know, it's kind of weird because you have, you you know, you have like like DreamWorks and other companies and Disney and stuff like that coming out with, you know, it's kind of hit or miss. You know, right, right. Whereas Pixar knows these are going to be hits with you know familiar characters and things like that. So, yeah. you know, I'm just kind of wondering when we're going to start getting like mashups. You know, <laughs> or you're going to have like, you know, like, 
not a versus movie or anything like that. We were going to have like, you know, like a almost like a Skylanders or something like that where they all come together. That would be interesting. Yeah, but, it probably um, isn't out of the realm of conversation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, so I guess like what did you like? What was your overall impression of uh, Finding Dory? Well, um, I initially was probably, you know, when Finding Nemo came out, Mm-hmm. Um, of course, uh, shoot, it's been, what was that, like 2004, something like that, 2005? Yeah, something like that. I, I, um, I was a fan of it. I really liked it, but I wouldn't say that I was like one of the people that just absolutely loved it. Yeah, me either. Um, I, I mean, I, I did, I did enjoy Finding Nemo. Um, I loved, of course, I mean, I don't think there's ever been, um, a Pixar movie where the animation isn't good, yeah, but I um, mean right. the animation in it was was excellent. The uh, for its time, the uh, you know the characters are really well rounded. It was a likable story and uh, and it was entertaining. But I just it just didn't it just wasn't one of those movies where it just stuck out there. So going into Finding Dory, I just like all Disney Pixar movies. Like I said, I don't think they've ever made one, in my opinion, that was a bad movie. But you know, clearly some are above head and shoulders above the rest right and uh excited to see finding dory but i wasn't like blown away and boy i'll have to tell you and that movie was just fantastic yeah i agree i I can't say enough good things i was just i was pleasantly surprised how much i liked finding dory yeah and uh i go as far as to say it's probably um probably in my top four or five pixar movies that i've uh seen I'll, I I completely agree with that. Like I I had so much fun with it. Like I loved. Like I did. And like I didn't know anything about it. I was kind of like you know go, I was the same way, kind of going into it. Um, you know, just I mean, knowing it's going to be kind of like an underwater adventure. But I even when it was announced, I I really wasn't that excited because uh, I guess in the first one it's weird. It's kind of a flip flop. And the first one I didn't really too much care for Dory. But, I mean, I don't know that she was out to be kind of a likable character. She was kind of just your fish out of water while you're trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah, but then, your goofy. Uh, yeah, your uh, goofy, like, sidekick, you know. And then on the flip side with this one, it's like all I wanted to do was watch her adventure. Like, when it would go to Nemo and uh, uh, Marlon, and that, I forget. Right. Yeah. When it would go to them, I, I, I was like, I was just sidetracked. I thought that was, like, the sidetrack points. I just kind of wanted them to focus more on the Dory story characters it was so interesting like because you know the story starts up similar it's very similar to the original yeah and uh you know and i love how they incorporate the whole family dynamic and her going and searching for the family but man when it like right. it, when it really got going is when they you know took the uh the turtle slipstream again and then they you find out that you know they're at that marine um uh that uh what was it it was like a um uh, an aquarium, right? marine life institute yeah like an institute and that that just like once you know once they do that zoom out and they kind of you know the whole Sigourney Weaver Weaver joke and they start zooming out and it shows the institute. I was like, man, this is just such an awesome concept, and we get to like follow them and like try to figure out how they're gonna maneuver from point to point. That was just like right. so exciting. Like it just reminded me, you know, of Toy Story where you know they finally get out of the room and they go exploring around the town, and right. you know it was just it was so neat just to see the logistics of them getting to where they're going. Like that was so much exactly. fun, and yeah, it's like I have to say, it's like some of the best animation. Like oh, it was, it's the, I mean, it, it's CGI, but it's like 
you know, and it's you know, unrealistic that they're talking and everything. But I was just, I, I completely threw all that out the window. I was just like, this is just like, you know, these are like just real characters to me. It looks so good. Yeah, and, and the the one thing that I always notice about Pixar movies, and um, I've actually I've actually had a chance to see uh, Finding Dory twice um, since it's been out, um, which is rare because I mean I rarely ever go see a animated movie twice in the theater. So I mean right. it's not not that I'm against that, but just uh-huh. for my taste. So I mean if I'm going to see it twice, you really know that <laughs> it's worth <laughs> its salt, right? At least in my eyes. But the thing that always gets me, I mean, like. Yeah, I mean, the animation is just phenomenal. I mean, every time Pixar releases a new movie, I mean, they just, it's like they raise that bar and set a new precedent um, in excellence for, you know, what's what's expected. But the one thing about Dory that I just kept noticing throughout the entire movie is, uh, and I think, I don't know about you, but like the one thing that kind of just kept me so zeroed in on the characters and their struggle and the story was... Uh, Man, there's just something that they do with the eyes. Mm-hmm. Their their depiction of like, I mean, the characters in general, but they do such a good job with the eyes. Yeah, that's true. And I never realized. Maybe I, I mean, I noticed it my first time watching it, but especially in the second showing. I mean, they capture so much life and emotion in the eyes of their characters. Like if you just look at mm-hmm. the way the eyes, you know, they're just so it's so subtle, but it's like. It's like all of the characters' like traits and you know uh, personality and feelings. It's like it's all conveyed through the eyes, and it just totally sucks you into the character. And I think it's the main difference between kind of what separates Pixar movies from uh, from you know from the rest of the pack. I mean, not that there aren't uh, you know like DreamWorks Studios has well established and has a you know, long list of uh, great movies that they've released, but there's just something about Pixar movies. Yeah, that, they, uh, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. It's like they have, it's like Pixar has it down to where they get more emotion out of their characters, whereas like, you know, like the DreamWorks and things like that, it's more it's more along the lines of something like, um, like Looney Tunes almost, where it's kind of like, it's real fast paced, and you get, you, you get what, you know, you get what they're trying to convey and everything, but they don't they don't really take the time to like slow it down and give it like a like a proper story. I mean, I'll, some of them do, of course, but I was just mainly thinking of like Ice Age or something like that. Um, they yeah, it's like Pixar like focuses more on the family features uh, or the aspects and the comedy and uh, and of course uh, of course getting like really good like voice actors. So like, what do you think of the voice acting? Oh, oh it was it was excellent. I mean, the the one voice actor that uh totally surprised me was ed harris the voice of yeah. um uh um i can't uh, think of hank? his name that the the, the septopus oh that, uh, oh ed o'neill <laughs> yeah ed o- oh i'm sorry i said ed yeah. harris <laughs> <laughs> that's right ed o'neill my, yeah. <laughs> my yeah, mistake right. ed o'neill uh from uh you know modern family fame and of yeah. course married with children yeah Man, just did a phenomenal job, character. and I would not have thought he's my favorite cast. character. I think, like of all, yeah, like of all time for Pixar. I'm not kidding. Like, yeah, I, I just, I loved his character, and I, and uh, I, I mean, I guess I didn't do a lot of reading as far as the voice cast. I had no idea he was in it. I didn't. Hear and that. then I'm watching the movie, and I, you know, his character when it comes into the story, and I hear him talk. I'm like, that's that's uh, Ed O'Neill, and I said, uh, 
I said, whoa, or not think him. But by the end of the movie, yeah, I mean, I was just that. I mean, yeah, that's probably one of my favorite. Definitely one of my favorite characters in the movie. And uh, oh, me too. Wow. Just what, what a what a fantastic job he did. Yeah. And um, like, I guess is like, I guess we could talk about like some like specific scenes, I guess. I mean, you know, it's it's an adventure movie, so there's not going to be really any spoilers. But I think like my favorite, my favorite scene or one of my favorite scenes that come among many was a scene with the petting, the or quote unquote petting part or the touching pool. Yeah, that was hilarious. And the way they did it, like, because if you've ever done one, it's you can imagine what those fish go through. Because if you've ever done one, like, um, I know, remember, uh, like, if you, you've been to the Corpus Christi uh, uh, SeaWorld, right? Yeah, uh, it's you know, they, um, you have that petting zoo outside. It's very yeah. simple. Yeah, where you can, like, touch the manta rays and things like that. So, like, you can kind of put yourself in their place when, because, you know, when they come by, it's like they're constantly being, like, poked and touched and things like that. But when you get to see it from their point of view, I guess similar to that other movie, that Pets movie you're going to talk about, it's like when you get to see it from their point of view, it's, like, so terrifying. And, like, all the little starfish and stuff are, like, have, like, a yeah. terror on their face and they're getting dragged and poked. And, and you know, yeah. when they're going, it shows, like, the hands, like, coming down into the water. It looks fantastic. Like, I don't know how they how they make it look so good just with the the sand and uh you know and all the different um sea life that are in there like how they're able to like animate them so well it just looks so great and uh i was like dying laughing the whole time like it was like yeah it's it's funny because uh ed ed o'neill uh he's his character is like telling him the whole time that uh the kid zone that they want to stay away from the kids yeah Yeah. (laughs) and then you finally get to see why and then uh you know he's just like just seeing them the the scene there where he's just terrified yeah of uh, the the poking section or something yeah yeah i mean it was just fantastic i mean the one thing that i think um uh there are the two big features that i've always noticed with pixar movies um like I said, I think you'd be hard pressed to find a Pixar movie out there that isn't um, a good movie. Mm-hmm, but right. it makes their movies like to me stand out above so many others of the uh, animated movies. Is um, they the, the way that they really develop their characters? Mm-hmm. Like I said, not just from a visual standpoint, but from uh, you know their motivations, the the voice talent that they uh, cast to uh, bring them to life, and just like I said, the attention to detail with the the facial expressions and the animation of the the eyes. And yeah, I mean, you just really see the characters like personalities just shine through their performances and through, you know, they just totally bring these characters to life. But right. the other thing is that their movies, like you said, like, I think you brought it up earlier, like a lot of these other ones, uh, they're, they're so kind of fast paced and zany and, they try to put a lot of movement, a lot of action, which which isn't a bad thing. I mean, if you're the main the main push of these movies always is kids um, first and foremost. And understandably, things like that are going to keep kids uh, impressed, uh, keep them, you know, keep uh-huh. them entertained. Oh, yeah. And that's all good. But like the great thing about Disney Pixar movies and a lot of just their traditional animation films throughout time is that they can capture the child the children demographics so well but also be like so enjoyable to adults and anyone right you know when you're young or old i mean they, the types of stories they tell um the way the way that they affect you um is just on such a universal level that 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 is just what their movies just 
do so well because they don't just they're not just a piece of entertainment like they really reach out to every type of demographic whether your child uh you know an elderly person a young person um you know woman man i mean it doesn't matter i mean it affects like everyone and i think that's that speaks volumes about the uh uh you know the type of work that they do and i mean it is just seen presently i mean oh definitely yeah i I know what you mean i don't know when you saw it were there like a lot of kids like a little little kids in the theater because oh yeah you know it was it was interesting because it was it was a it was about half and half i mean of course you have the adults with their kids but i'd say the ratio um was about 50 50 Mm -hmm. so i mean and i could tell from the reaction of a lot i mean there was laughter there was applause there was cheering there was jeering you know so like you could tell that the adults were into it too. Yeah, it, and um, yeah, they yeah. My screening was probably probably seven. I'd say like sixty-five to seventy percent kids. And, okay. You know, and it, it it's kind of like what you were saying. Like Pixar does a good job of like hitting all the different demographics. Where you know you could tell like the the, the parts that the kids really connected to were like the parts when she was little. You know, Dory was little and kind of asking the questions, and you could tell like. You know, it was more of kind of the, the the drama, I guess, quote unquote, drama parts. You know, right. where they're trying to build their character, or show, showing the flashbacks, and that's the one that they can. Those are the ones they really connected to. You could tell because there was like laughs, and you know, they were like talking and asking questions and things like that. And then, of course, during like the action parts, you know, the adventure parts, they're going to be entertained. And uh, it's it's kind of like a it's kind of weird to see like how Pixar like comparing the two between like something like Minions, because I remember when I saw Minions, like Minions is like, and I imagine what your Secret Life of Pets is like, it's almost all like, just like, like joke after joke after joke after joke. And it's just not, it's just there to please and like try to, it's more like a comedy act, you know, where you have your, you know, you have your like poop jokes and your butt (laughs) jokes and things like that, you know, like all the, all the stuff that you know are like easy wins for kids, you know? And that's right. all Minions is like 100% of the time. And then, yeah. you know, it slows down here and there. But for the most part, I mean, since, you know, the Minions don't speak English, like kid, more or less the kids, like, you know, connect more with that. So, right. I mean, that was just kind of a, a different dynamic. I mean, just comparing those two movies. But, uh, yeah, I just, yeah, just like, it's, like we were talking about, I just thought it was great. Yeah, the voice acting was great. Um, the music was great. And, uh like, what do you think of like some of the newer characters, like the seals and the? Oh, uh, they the, were great. The, the I, I heard <laughs> <laughs> Becky yeah, in it, or Becky, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just, uh, um, it was just a fantastic cast. I mean, like, uh, I remember the seals, uh, the main one that were lying on the rock, of course, was voiced by uh, the great uh, Idris Elba. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, just always funny to hear that guy. I mean, he's he's such a dynamic actor. He's kind of done so many different kinds of roles. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, the uh, of course you had a uh, um, you had Nemo back. You had a uh, um, uh, uh, can't remember the uh, <laughs> it's blanking my mind. The father, mm-hmm. um, um, Marlon. Marlon, Marlon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, just the 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 zany cast of characters, you know, the uh, uh, the the bottle nose uh, beluga whale that, you know, he can't do his echo locating. Yeah. Uh, uh, 
Destiny, the uh, the uh, um, yeah, I you know, what, you know the who, whale shark. Yeah, do you know who? Uh, yeah, the nearsighted shark. She uh, that's um, do you you may you've seen you've seen some sunny in Philadelphia, right? Oh yeah, it's that main lady, the blonde in the bar. Oh okay, yeah, that's her. I got she you. does the voice. I didn't. I I was like racking my brain the entire time. I had to look it up later. But yeah, she. I thought she was. She was fantastic in there in the movie. Yeah. It's like all the way, all the um, sea creatures, which was really interesting. Is you know they, it wasn't just kind of like a normal aquarium. You know, it being kind of like one that you know they bring fish in and you know help them you know have a better way of life and then like release them back. It was so interesting seeing like all the turns from all the characters, you know, like as far as like they, them having like disabilities and like seeing how they all work together. That's that's another thing that I just thought was fantastic and like added that extra layer of like drama, I guess, to it or, yeah. you know, kind of waiting to see like how they involve themselves in the in the film. And yeah. Yeah, that, that was another thing I just loved. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And. But yeah, I love I love the seals, um, uh, or the otters, the ones on the rock. There's otter, seals. Yeah, well, no, the, they were seals. seals the otters yeah. were later in the movie. Yeah. There were otters, and I remember one of my particular favorite scenes that I just thought was fantastic is uh, the um, the open ocean exhibit when they get to that. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh! Just seeing. <laughs> I mean, it's like the culmination of like everything they kind of worked on. Mm-hmm. You know, because they typically they try to include so many different kind of fish and species. And, uh, of course, it was kind of present in the first Finding Nemo movie. But when they get to the ocean obit, uh, open ocean exhibit in the film and they drop down. And I mean, just seeing that huge aquarium with like so many dozens and dozens of different type of fish and the colors and the textures. I mean, it is just unreal. Yeah. I mean, that is just when Great. the excellent. Yeah, the excellence of the uh, the Pixar animators and the whole team at Disney and Pixar just that is just where they their work just shines. Right. And, uh, it is just a just a a visual feast just to see that. I mean, it just it's just so vivid, oh, yeah. so vibrant. And and another thing, what about what do you think of the movie not having? I thought it was really interesting that the movie doesn't have like a bad guy, you know, like an antagonist for them to you know kind of build towards. I right. thought that was like so refreshing to, you know, especially in all these animated movies. I mean, just pick one out of a hat. There's always like the good versus bad. Or I loved it how it was just it was just her story. I mean that I just love like simple stories. And then the, this one just gave it to me, like Rango or you know, just any of those other ones where it's just kind of like a simple story throughout, and you're just right. following them on an adventure. And exactly, and there's no like central bad guy that they're leading up towards, like battle or you know like try to gain something or, you know, like any of like the other, other movies, you know, like, um, beauty and the beast, not beauty and the beast, uh, lion King, you know, it's like kind of just building towards something where it's like a bad guy. I just like, that's what I just loved about it. It It's just a self-contained story that they could actually build on if they wanted to. And I hope they do. And and, it was, it was, it was about the journey, the journey. And, uh, and, and, uh, you know, a journey type adventure, movies such as dory finding dory you know it doesn't always need a villain so right um you know i don't think that's spoiling anything for anyone but uh oh, no it's just i mean the ride that you go on is what you you know is is you know what you pay for the price of admission and right. it's just a fantastic ride i mean i don't think there's a single person out there that would 
be bored or, you know, I mean, if, if, if animated movies and Pixar movies are your thing, I mean, it is just, you know, right up your alley. Yeah, sure. definitely. And I think, I mean, did, did we cover everything? I, oh, the, um, it's doing really well at the box office. I, did you know it only cost, well, I mean, only, it's kind of crazy to say this, but it only cost $200 million? only yeah it's like wow i didn't know it cost that much that's that's interesting no i mean it i'm sure it's made it back and then somebody yeah, like three or four times i think it's i think it's up to like 600 or 650 million or so so it's worldwide. definitely a success and you know like it's domestic or is that worldwide um i don't know actually i'd have to look that up i'm not 100 percent sure but yeah, I mean, it doesn't overstay its welcome. It's only like an hour and a half or an hour yeah. and five minutes, like perfect run time. Yeah. I thought, you know, the directing, the music, everything was good. So, um, yeah, so I can't, like you were saying, like, it's definitely been one of the best animated films I've seen in a long time. Yeah, and, I agree. Uh, I, and like I said at the beginning, I think it's easily in my top five yeah. um, up there with like the original Toy Story and, uh, Another big favorite of mine was always the first Monster Zinc. Oh and, yeah, uh, oh yeah, um, definitely. I was a big fan of their recent uh, uh, Inside Out. I think that was last summer's. Yeah, I need to see that. But um, it is just fantastic. Fans mm -hmm. of Finding Dory will love it. I mean, find, Finding Nemo will love it. Fans yeah. of um, just just animated movies in general. Yeah. Uh, whether it's Pixar, I mean, yeah, there's a lot to like. I yeah, mean, exactly. You'll just be blown away by it. yes yeah. no i was oh yeah definitely so what would you um like give it out of five stars out of five stars i would give finding dory uh four and a half stars yeah me too i'm right there like it's yeah it's it's right there like it i give it a 4.5 as well yeah i mean i just don't think they i mean you know they just don't really get too much better than that yeah i know so. it's good so yeah, definitely recommend it. Um, so, yeah, I guess what we're going to do, since there's so many more movies to review, um, we're probably not going to be able to get to any news or anything like that. So um, I guess we'll just go ahead and get into um, just other stuff we watched and then, you know, talk about what we're going to watch next week. And then, um, you know, that'll be the end. So um, I know, I guess we'll just, since we went from that animated movie, and I know you saw that Secret Life of Pets, we can kind of just go into that if you like. Yeah. Yeah, so Secret Life of Pets, um, it's um, it's a fun movie. It's by uh, Illumination, Illumination Entertainment, mm -hmm. um, same people behind the like what we were talking about earlier, the Minions movies and uh, the Despicable Me creators. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so it's it's a fun movie. It's it's uh, um, of course the premise is the way it was pitched in the trailer. It's it's depicting the life of these. Uh, all these household pets that, you know, what happens, what they do <laughs> when their, uh, their owners, uh, go, you know, leave for the day to go to their work or their job or what have you. Right. Um, you know, I mean, you've got, uh, the main character, Max voiced by, uh, uh, I believe Louis CK. I mean, uh, mm -hmm. uh, he's, I mean, he, he like kind of centers around his character first and foremost, but, um, you know, there's, there's a cat across the street. There's, uh, there's a little weenie dog. There's like a little, uh, uh, I can't remember if it's like a gerbil or a hamster that's kind of running through the uh, the, the pipes because apparently mm -hmm. he got out of his cage and he's trying to go through the uh, the apartment uh, complex they live in trying to find the right unit, but he keeps getting 
his sense of direction. So every once throughout, once in a while throughout the movie, he'll kind of poke his head out of the vents and <laughs> he'll say, no, you got the wrong one. Um, but it's just got a lot of other great characters. I mean, uh, you know, like likable characters, um, you know, dogs, cats. Uh, there's a turtle, I believe. There's a, there's a bird that gets out of its little cage and it's uh, kind of like puts like a fan on and is like kind of surfing in uh-huh. front of the uh, the kind of like little wind stream. And, uh, and it just kind of shows all these dogs. Uh, you know, of course, I remember from the trailer, the mini will recall the little poodle, the um, Leonard, I think is his name, where uh, his master leaves and he puts on, it's got like fine, uh, you know, uh, symphony music on. And then he clicks on the boom box and it's got like heavy metal. Um, but yeah, I mean, basically what, what essentially happens is it's a story of... Uh, um, the the owner of this dog max uh they they have they kind of show this bond throughout the intro of the movie they have like this inseparable bond between the two of them and then it's just for a long time it's just the two of them and um you know max the main character you know dog he gets real accustomed to that and then one day she brings home a new dog which is like a rescue dog um and uh and he's of course this big uh shaggy fur, uh fuzzy dog mm-hmm. um and he kind of starts taking up the spotlight and Max isn't having that. So he kind of sets out on this, uh, um, this, uh, mission, if you will, to, uh, kind of sabotage, to kind of destroy the apartment, kind of mess things up to kind of get him kicked out or whatnot. And, uh, in the process, uh, he gets lost. I think he gets picked up by the pound. Um, and then it kind of sets this whole, thing in motion of uh you know them having to kind of make their way through the city and then uh like all of the other pets that were friends of max's in the apartment next door and what have you kind of set up on this adventure across the city to kind of rescue him uh-huh. and uh and the two of these dogs they have to kind of you know they have to kind of uh put aside their differences and kind of help each other out to get out of this predicament and through the process of it you know they become closer oh, i see but um yeah, I mean it's 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 a fun movie. I mean it's um, I definitely I mean it it definitely I don't think it is uh, gonna be as memorable as like like what we were previously just talking about Finding Dory. But I mean it's definitely a fun movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got a lot of energy. It's it's uh, real fast paced, kind of like we we're talking about. Um, I think you brought it up with the Minions, where it's just nonstop gag after gag, mm-hmm. and uh, this movie carries that same kind of trait through it. I mean it's just nonstop. Uh, kind of uh, same similar style setup, you know. I mean, it, it is a it is a endearing story, but um, you know, it's it's kind of like you kind of want it to settle down at one point and just kind of tell like a like an endearing story, and it's kind of the style which you know kind of carries through a lot of Illumination Entertainment's movies like uh, Despicable Me and Minions, which isn't a bad thing, but it's just kind of gag after gag. Um, they typically try to get you know kind of noticeable. Um, voice actors to kind of play these zany characters to kind of carry the rampant, um, um, you know, kind of the, you know, craziness throughout the story. But, but it's definitely enjoyable. It's, uh, it's, it's a fun, you know, it's fun. I mean, it's got a, it's got a good cast. I know one of the more memorable characters, someone uh, people might have noticed from the uh, trailer is, uh, um, it's got Kevin Hart as this little bunny. Yeah. And he's uh-huh. pretty much one of the, the, um, 
you know, he's kind of the uh, the definite comedic relief of the uh, of the movie, and he comes through big time. I mean, he's got a lot of funny one-liners, and just seeing like the kind of zaniness and the attitude that he kind of puts through his character, which is just like the seemingly innocent-looking little bunny, is just it's it's a really fun little dynamic that uh-huh. I think kids would love, adults would love. But uh, yeah, I mean, overall, I mean, I really enjoyed it. I, I definitely, you know, if you've got kids to go see it. Um, if you know, if you if you like, uh, in, in you know, animation movies in general, um, it's definitely something that I, I would recommend. I like I said, I don't think it's the best of the best, but it's definitely um, a good solid uh, animation movie. And you know, I think the music was good. The uh, you know, overall, I mean, it, it carried through. I mean, I think it was about an hour and a half, so it's not too crazy on the uh, the runtime. You know, uh-huh. kind of kids sitting there entertain you know it'll keep them entertained um does it uh yeah does it like like you know just past like the initial story like you know them you know trying to find their way back i guess is there is it more is it like more of a story like like are there turns and things like that or is it kind oh, of absolutely just, yeah okay. there's 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 hard it's not like just so it's not really like is it real predictable i guess um because I, I mean i'm just thinking like you know like something like um, I don't know. I guess one thing, like I was really interested to see it too. It, I, I was just wondering, you know, how it could get out of just that one, you know, concept. Like, you know, like you know, like Inside Out or like Big Hero Six or you know Shrek or something like they have like or like the Nut Job. They have like all these like cool little like places where they're at and they you know they go to different things and learn about each right. other and things like that. Or you know, I, I does it. It seems like it's more kind of like Bolt or something like that. Where it's kind of just one little yeah, simple journey. I, it kind of is. I mean, there's a little, there's more, definitely more to it than what they show in the trailer. Uh-huh. Um, there's a particular scene which I don't want to spoil because it's definitely one of the better parts, uh, you know, one of the best parts of the movie. Um, but involving like a sausage factory that they have to kind of, uh, <laughs> they, uh, you know, have to make their way through. And there's a lot of uh, really funny gags in there. But I mean, there, there's a lot to the story. I mean, there's this group of, uh, um, I guess they work for the city, like the little uh, uh, pest control uh, two guys that keep going around that are like they keep coming in contact with. And as the movie goes on, the guys, you know, get increasingly agitated because they keep catching them and they keep getting out. And then, uh, uh, you know, like one of them, I think, gets like a black eye and um, and then just a whole bunch of like scenes involving escapes from uh, I mean, they run across this little this little it looks like one of those hairless asian uh cats uh-huh. uh you know the, the hairless ones yeah. with uh uh that looks looks all uh, innocent but uh you, you come to find out he's kind of like a godfather type figure yeah. like uh running the he runs like the street gang of all these other cats that uh-huh. you know they they take a wrong turn and then they they uh get you know they they think he's all innocent so the the big dog's like hey what you going to do and then all these like cats start coming after him. So, I mean, there's a lot of different dynamics going yeah. on there um, that, that kind of keep the story like moving along at a good pace. Uh-huh. But I mean, I guess for a lot of people I've seen movies like this, it could be a tad predictable, but uh-huh. I mean, there's definitely a lot of uh, fun little uh, surprises along the journey, you know, kind of uh, to, to, to be had, but you know, I think, I think most people, that kind of go along with that, you know, if you were entertained by the trailer, I think you would definitely, you know, enjoy the, uh, 
the uh, the movie for what it was. But you know, I was kind of curious myself. I was like, okay, based off the first trailer, how are they gonna like stretch this out into uh, an actual movie? Mm-hmm. And uh, and we'll have to say, like, the actual uh, journey that they go on isn't isn't as uh, at least to me wasn't as entertaining as you know the initial concept of what they make it. I mean, how are they gonna make a movie? You know for an hour and a half based off that little bitty pitch, uh, you know, from the trailer, which I imagine is what they pitched the executives pitched to, uh, you know, the, the animation team uh-huh. probably pitched to them when they initially came up with the concept for the movie. But, um, but all in all, I mean, it, it's a fun ride. I mean, I don't think it's going to like, you know, change people's yeah, view on animation yeah. movies. It's not going to like rock your world, but I mean, it's a fun um, entertaining uh, summer animated movie to you know maybe for the family or the kids to go see, mm-hmm. um, or you know if you're just in the mood you know for an animated movie. But uh, I don't think it's going to move you quite like um, you know say a movie like Finding Dory did. But uh-huh. there's definitely a lot of enjoyment to be had. I think. Okay, cool. And I'd probably give it uh, about three out of five stars. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll definitely. I'll definitely. I definitely want to check it out at some point. Um, yeah, I was I was looking at the budget. It it's actually comparing it to Dory. It's seventy five million. So yeah, there you I, go. I, I mean, I, you you know, just looking at like the characters, you can kind of tell um, they're not. I guess they're not as high res. I guess you would say, but um, I mean, considering that they've already made double their money back, I mean, I guess it was a really good investment. And right. uh, the director that uh, Chris Renaud. He did like all the Despicable Me movies, so I, okay, you know, I can kind of get a yeah, sense of what it's. I guess up. now that I knew that, I, now I can kind of get a sense of what it's like, and because uh, I guess he does like he also does the voices for all the minions too and all the movies. Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah, that's that's good to hear. I'll definitely have to check I, that one out. I will have to say this too, uh, for you know, because it was made by Illumination Entertainment. Um, much very much like the uh, the door uh, Disney movies, uh, you know they put like the little animated shorts mm-hmm. in front of their movies, like before you go see them. Mm-hmm. Well, there was a new Minions one. It was about you know it was only about five or six minutes, mm-hmm. but uh, it was hilarious. Nice. <laughs> and uh, so if you're if you're a big Minions fan, uh, um, that might also definitely be a selling point to uh, to see the the uh, the little sh- animation shorts sure. that they put. Yeah. Ahead yeah. Of movie when you when you go see it i'm sure it'll uh make its way onto the uh the home video release blu-ray and dvd whatnot uh, but it's definitely a really funny little uh so you get to see a little bit of the minions in there at the very beginning before the oh awesome but yeah i mean if you've seen the uh um despicable me movies the the minions um you definitely get the gist it's very much in the same vein in the same style throughout this one okay cool yeah, and um, so I guess we'll go ahead and move on. I I, uh, I watched I recently watched Warcraft and um, oh, how was that? Yeah, okay. So I I don't really know like it's kind of be it's gonna be difficult I guess to talk like not really like there isn't really any big like revelations I guess you could say in the plot, but it's gonna be hard hard for me to talk about just because the names of all the characters I couldn't tell you. I'm just going to refer to people as like like what their character type is cuz I have no clue what their names are. Like there's names that are in there that are just 
like so stuff you'd never remember, like Draenor. Well, first, first and foremost, are you are you? Uh, I guess just to let people know your background, are you? Um, have you played the game? Are you a fan I, of the game? Yeah, I was. I was gonna say like I. Yeah, so I I've played, I've played like when it first came out, like a long time ago. I played like I don't know, maybe like an hour or two of it, and once I got the gist of it, it kind of just fell through for me. It's not. I mean, it wasn't. I know it's like like ultimately like Ultima like started it all with like those MMOs, but Blizzard came along and you know made it like weren't they based on the books? I think those Warcraft books, and they made like I, that that whole lore out of it and. Um, I'm not hundred percent sure. I mean, I know it was uh, the the movie, of course, was based off World of Warcraft, which has been, you know, one of PC's top gaming, uh, you know, you right. know, for 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 that type of game in the 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 PC gaming market for so long. I know it's had countless expansions and oh yeah, and the, yeah, they're, no, they're notorious for like you know the delaying it a lot and things like that. But yeah, like I said, with the game. Like, it's 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 not any like it's even if you were like a huge gamer, I think going into this, you would really have to know the lore of of Warcraft, I think, to get a lot of, um, of the exactly the most out of it. I mean, we're talking like you know, with like Lord of the Rings, you know, you have so much time involved, you have so many movies to get you to catch you up on speed with all the different characters, all their different like intricacies and you know their backgrounds like leading up. This just pretty much just throws you straight in. And I'm not like, that's not a criticism. Like, that's not like a bad thing for me. Like, right. I know a lot of people uh, have been saying that's a bad thing. But for me, um, I think that from what you, from, from the amount of story that you get, I think it's it's fine. From, for, for what you're given in the end, I think the information that you're given is fine just to kind of get you through. Now, I think you would actually like, like any movie like that's based on, you know, something that has like a huge lore. Like if you're a huge fan, you'll get a lot more out of it. But, you know, I was in it. Like, I remember, I still remember like the day they announced this. Cause it was around the time that they were like talking about all those crazy, like Hollywood was coming out and talking about all those crazy movies they were going to do. Like they announced like Warcraft and you were just, I just remember thinking I'm like, this was years ago, like 10 years ago. I remember them talking about like making a Warcraft movie, a battleship movie, a Monopoly movie, which uh, they did, which they did, yeah. Oh, like, well, the Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. It's like, you're, yeah, I heard yourself. at one point there was there's a Candyland movie in development. I don't know if that is pretty, still in the works or pretty much every like, yeah, pretty much every single board game you can think of that's popular has <laughs> has probably has its rights already snatched up by somebody. But uh, anyway, I guess I guess getting into the movie, like, I guess the main plot really is just there's like an orc land. That's being, um, I'm not sure why, but there's some kind of magic that's kind of like decimating the land and they need a new place to live. And so they open up a gate to get to like uh, Azeroth, I guess, is like the main area, like Stormwind and Azeroth. They, they mention that a ton. I'm not sure where they are, but they mention those a ton in the movie. And uh, I, I imagine uh, the Azeroth is kind of like the human world and orc is kind of like their, you know, the orc style world. So they need to get out of there and they're pretty much, so pretty much sets up a human versus orc battle for the orcs okay. coming in and trying to take over the land. And now I will, I'll admit like when it starts, it's like the first, the first like 15 minutes is like all just, it just hits you like over the head with the orc stuff. And it, it was really, um, 
like unnerving at one point. Like it was just, I, I didn't quite feel that the, the works really had much character. Like, uh-huh. As far like other than their designs, you know, it's kind of like it would be kind of like making the orcs and like Lord of the Rings, like some of the like the side ones, like having like build like have them talking to each other and things like that and kind of building a story off that. So it's kind of right. weird at first, but actually after like a like 15 or 20 minutes, I kind of just fell into it. You know, once I got over the initial shock of like how they looked and kind of mm-hmm. just like a, some small, I mean, small bit of background on these on these characters like i kind of just fell into the story and i i would just from then from like the first 20 minutes on i was just like well you kind of just have to put your mind saying like okay this is just it is what it is they're gonna announce they're gonna talk about all these like like cities and towns and characters and everything like being overrun and i think you'd have to know a lot about the the game to know what they're talking about but I don't really think it's a hindrance because, you know, they're giving you the information. So you just kind of have to store it. So you don't really need to know the importance of why they're being overrun. You just have to know that they're kind of building them up as being like a kind of like a badass group, you know. So, you know, and the animation I thought was fantastic. The the action scenes were great. Um, the individuality of like all the different works, like you you could definitely like the face recognition like they use on this is this was great. Like, um, like I'm sure they like blue screen the characters and, uh, kind of like you did with turtles and kind of just gave them weapons and whatnot. But uh-huh. the facial recognition of all the orcs was, was great. And the backgrounds, uh, so was this, a was this a, this was a live action movie kind of intermixed with a lot of CG, right? Or right. was it like a CG movie? Um, Do you have like live actors right on set with. Or you know, that's, in that's the, a hard. That's hard to. I, I don't know actually. I I'd actually have to go look it up. I I don't know really. There's definitely scenes in there where you can tell where it's fully CG, and I wouldn't be surprised if it all was completely CG. Like I couldn't tell from the trailer if they were actual, like because I guess with the animation now it's so good that you can't tell if uh, the the human actors were in fact CG or if that was live action. Right. And I wasn't sure if that you know, was, uh, came across in the, uh, yeah, it, 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 it doesn't come across really what they are, but, and, and honestly, they, they don't, they don't really focus. They don't focus on the land itself. I think because they have so much stuff to cover with characters. They don't have like your, your sweeping shots, like in Lord of the Rings, where it gives you a sense of the area. It's kind of like, they're just there. Like, you know, like star Wars, like it'll go to like cut to Curzon. It'll show you like the, the, you know, the little, their council meeting outside, you know, with the water and the background, and it'll just kind of go in. You kind of just get a sense of where they are, but you know, you don't really know the over overarching like how the cities and you know and everything like the ecosystem is. It doesn't really. You, you just you, it just kind of it's just story after story after story like stacked on top of each other. And, oh, okay. Um, uh, but well, how how is how is like the action and stuff in it? The action's fantastic. Like wow. it is fantastic. Like it looked the, good from the trailer. Yeah, the sense, the sense of, um, like the sense of like how big the orcs are, like like and them attacking like all the knights and whatnot. Um, it doesn't really overshadow it. Like they don't, they don't ever make them feel like they're so overpowered that they can't be beaten, which I really enjoyed. Because I thought, you know, I was like when the orcs fight them, I mean they're so big that you know they're just not going to stand a chance. Because you know they can like when they're riding by with their horses, they can like pick up a horse and like throw it and things like that. So, you know, they, they, for every like three or four nights, they're able to get like one orc. So it kind of, it kind of is like a 50, 50 style, 
50-50 type as far as when they battle, like who's going to win. But, um, yeah, it it all, like all in all, it becomes, you know, kind of just like a, you know, your classic good versus evil. Um, the, the actors I thought were all good. Um, the, uh, directing was great for the most part. Um, like I was saying, the animation, uh, is, is great as well. And the music, it's just, um, and, and yeah, it, it's, it's weird because I like, I can't like explain to you like what's going on really. Like it's almost like a movie you'd have to like watch again, like or several times to kind of get everything. But it's weird because the main storyline's simple. Like, you know, if you were to explain to somebody, it's really easy, but like all the, the overarching like ideas behind the, uh, where they're going and what they're trying to do. I don't think we're like told in the best way. Like you understand it, but like where battles take place, like convenient, like, like, you know, like the convenient, like this character's here, but then they transfer here within like 10 minutes, you know? And it seems right. like they're all getting, when it gets towards the end, they're kind of just all getting together at the right time, you know, to like thwart right. the enemy. And, um, and, but as far as like video game movies go, it's definitely like one of the best, I would say. Um, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, it, it's definitely up there. And I mean, if you're, if you're a fan of like fantasy and it, it's not a Lord of the Rings at all, it's like a Cliff Notes version of, uh, like, Lord of the Rings, I guess, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't like, honestly, I, I could, couldn't pick out any character and tell you a background of them at all. Like what their, what their purpose is or what they're there for, not a single character, but I think, I don't think they're trying to focus on that. They're just focusing on the, the main overlying storyline, which I thought was, you know, serviceable, I guess. And then the action is in between each one of those scenes that kind of build up to the end. And, um, I, like I said, I was just like, like wholly entertained the whole time. And I thought they did for, for like not being a fan, like not being like a fan of the game or somebody who's played it a lot. Right. You're like, kind of like the more casual audience. Yeah. Like, I, like which I imagine the majority of us out there. Yeah. Like I said, not that, that, you know, that game doesn't have a huge following. Right. Um, they definitely, but, they, they're definitely, you know, wanted their, their main, you know, core of what 20 million player 13 million players to to see it you know and you know they would make their money back which you know they did in the end but um let's 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 the the interesting demographic that um i don't think we've brought up yet is uh of course i haven't seen the movie yet but uh of course we know that it pretty much bombed in the u.s in terms of the cost of its budget but uh, the interesting note is that China single-handedly saved this movie. Yeah. Uh, the Chinese markets, uh, what is it, like grossed uh, like $350 million or $400 million now just in yeah. China alone? Yeah, it was one of the largest openings in China ever. Yeah, they said it was bigger than um, uh, Star Wars uh, The Force yeah. Awakens. Yep, by a course, long shot. Of course, as we all know, that was one of the uh, biggest uh, movies of all time pretty much in terms of its um between you know both its domestic box office and its worldwide so the fact that a movie with the history and the um uh the establishment of uh star wars Mm -hmm. all over the world to be bested by warcraft in china is just that just blows my mind i mean and just goes to show you that you know there's a big huge following for uh you know the world of warcraft in uh in china right definitely i think that's Thing. oh yeah definitely 
And uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's just it's if you're a fan of fantasy, like you'll like it. I think if you like the whole mage orc um, magic, you know, um, dynamic, you know, it's kind of like uh, you know, and all those like heavy, heavy fantasy movies. I think you'll enjoy it. And uh, also, if you're like an action film fan, you'll like it too. Like, and I think I think you'll like it if you like Lord of the Rings as well. So. It's definitely it's definitely one to give a chance like 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 at least try it out. I mean, there's interesting aspects to it, and you know, of course, like all the armor and the weapons, I I assume are all from the game as well. Like you know, because they they make a point to highlight certain weapons, and you know, have they have names yeah. to them. So I'm sure I'm certain when you're watching it, you're you're just like, oh, you know, this is like probably something it takes you like a year to get or something like that, I guess. But, you know, you yeah. and, you know, you can kind of see like certain things happening, you know, that you can kind of give context to, like not being like a person who's played the game that much. But um, it, it's weird that um, like there's so much there's so much lore that they try to put in there that I don't think it really overshadows if if you're just kind of just 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 like let it go. Just like watch it for a, an action movie. And if you yeah. can do that, I think you'll have a good time. Like okay. at, at the end, in the end, and uh, and and of course they set it up for a sequel. Like okay, I, I was gonna ask if, if we have room oh yeah for a sequel. yeah, and I guess one of the thing I saw like after I watched it is like a lot of people wanted it to be like the more current Warcraft games because I believe this is like the originals. Yeah, and um, so like people are waiting for like these characters. To, to show up that are like their best, like their favorites, you know? And so okay. it's kind of like, you know, how they're like doing like with Star Trek and stuff. They're like starting from the beginning and kind of building, you know, the, the building it all over again and like starting from the beginning. And uh, the, the, I guess that's, so that's the only really thing, I guess that, you know, people are waiting for certain characters to show up that are like, like iconic to the series that they, right. that they didn't show up in this, even though that they talk about, certain like areas i guess like Stormwind is like a big area i don't know know. they talk about all these they talk about all these areas it would be like if they were talking like mordor and it's just like a throwaway thing like you know it's like they 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 would talk about like in lord of the rings that they just talked about mordor and just a throwaway thing and then you know they went on to the next thing it's kind of like how i saw it in this it 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 didn't really make a lot of sense person that isn't yeah well informed exactly but yeah overall um I haven't actually really rated it yet, but I guess off the top of my head, I'd probably give it, I'd probably say it's like a three out of five. Like, we'll see how it goes. And and I definitely, it might go up on a rewatch. So I, I definitely want to watch it again, but at, at this point, it's probably a three out of five. Okay. Yeah. So um, what did you, uh, what did you have next to talk about? Conjuring? Well, uh, n- yeah, another one I wanted to talk about. Um, one I had a chance to see was uh, Legend of Tarzan. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So um, this was an interesting movie because, um, uh, of course, from the trailers, I mean, we all know pretty much the story of Tarzan. Of course, from the name, it's uh, it's called the Legend of Tarzan. So mm-hmm. um, the interesting thing about this movie that kind of threw me for a loop is that. Uh, you know, from the, the the title, the suggests everyone thinks it's going to be the origin of Tarzan, but uh, the interesting thing is that's really not the story that you get here. The interesting thing um, is when the, the movie starts, um, you it's it's actually it's kind of uh, 
like Tarzan has already been established as a character. He's already come back from the jungle um, back to England where he's kind of reestablished himself uh, in the estate where his father, um, who, of course, you know, died trying to save him in the jungle. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, everyone knows the story of Tarzan. Um, he was raised by, uh, um, you know, the uh, gorillas in, uh, the from from the jungle. And uh, kind of kind of like, you know, of course, you know, walking on his hands and his high, uh, his, you know, arms and swinging from the jungle. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the story you thought you were going to get. But actually, when the movie starts, he's already been uh, already come back from the jungle. He's already uh, married Jane, who um, is played by um, Margot Robbie mm-hmm. in this movie. And then, of course, Tarzan played by um, Alexander Skarsgård. Mm-hmm. Um, overall, I mean, I think both characters or both actors did a really, really good job depicting their characters. Uh-huh. Um, I think both of them like really nailed uh, the uh, the essence of their characters, um, delivered uh, you know likable performances. Um, and then, of course, uh, so you kind of when the movie starts, uh, Tarzan's already kind of been domesticated, and you see him already walking, wearing normal people's clothes. And of course, um, what what ends up happening is you find out that um, uh, that uh, I think I can't remember the king. I think it was King King George or who whoever the king was back in that. I think it was in the late 1800s. He's basically gone on this expedition to try to settle. Um, the the whole big driving point behind the movie is that there uh, various uh, European nations uh, are trying to claim parts of. Uh, um, uh, of the jungle for like their own conquest. Um, they're trying to divvy up like this land belongs to this country. This land belongs to this country. And, uh, basically when they go there, um, this King is like, he's kind of bankrupt and he's trying to that, but they find word that there's this, uh, this type of rare mineral. Um, uh, I can't remember what it's referred to as in the movie, but it's basically like a jewel, uh, that like diamonds, Mm-hmm. That uh, is going to basically make the, the journey uh, worthwhile and kind of be able to repay all of his debts um, to, you know, for the money it took to get, you know, all of his mercenaries and people out there. Um, but uh, what it does, interestingly, is it kind of tells uh, the story that you think you're getting. Like I started off uh, with the whole um, uh, origin of Tarzan is kind of told through flashbacks. Uh, as the movie goes along, which is interesting because I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't see that coming. Um, and uh, but it's it's definitely interesting because what it allowed the filmmakers to do. And I can definitely see where they're going with this was rather than focus on the age old story of Tarzan, which we've all seen, you know, in the original movie, the cartoons, uh, whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, it allows them to take a sidestep and tell a different story, go on a different journey and kind of just tell the stuff, you know, through flashbacks. Which I think they did a good job. I mean, it, it was a little off-putting to me in the first few minutes because, like I said, I didn't know I was getting into that. But once I could kind of uh, get used to the the um, the story that was being told and the characters, I kind of I kind of really kind of grew into uh, um, the the whole ride, if you will, of the movie. And uh, it, it it's it's it, it was definitely an entertaining ride. Um, there were there were parts of it I thought that could have been a little bit better. Um, for being a Tarzan movie, he does spend an awful lot of time uh, walking on, you know, his hind legs and and uh, and on feet rather than. Uh, I mean, of course, they're 
are the iconic moments where he is swinging through the jungle from the vines. But I thought for a Tarzan movie, there could have been a little bit of it, a little bit more there. But mm-hmm. um, I mean, that's that's really just a nitpick on my part. Um, the stuff, the stuff that they did do. I mean, there were some really great action sequences. Um, a little, a little of the CG on some of the gorillas, not not in terms of their look, but in their movements, was a little suspect to me. I thought, and of course, some of the big money shots that you've probably seen from the trailer, where um, a lot of animals are like running through the jungle. There was a few, uh, you know, little hiccups here and there. But who did the they, animation? Like for the? Uh, it was it was. Um, hey, was it know, Rita, I, or? You know, I don't recall. I, I remember sitting through the credits, um, but uh, the uh, I think the budget was rather modest. I think it was around 150 million, mm-hmm. 160 million, which you know is still quite a lot. Yeah. For a movie, but um, I mean, I, I think for the that. most part, what's that? Oh, I was just gonna say I'll look it up real quick and see. Oh, it's yeah. 100, 180 million. Okay, so I mean, it, it had a pretty uh, pretty decent budget for a mm-hmm. movie, and uh, and I think for the most part they delivered on that. The sets were great. I mean, um, I'm sure a lot of it was blue screen, mm-hmm. but um, I mean, just the this a lot of the CG animals were fantastically done. I mean, and 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 I will point out there were some things that they got incredibly right. Like I know at the beginning of the movie, people like of course Tarzan's come back from the jungle, and everyone you know the the legend of Tarzan has already kind of been established, and kids are talking about him. And I remember kids go up to him and they look at his hands, and it's, he's got like these big massive hands and. And I, I remember I thought it was interesting. He makes a reference to his knuckles saying, you know, how he spent a lot of his early and early uh, uh, child and adult life on walking on his knuckles like a gorilla. Mm-hmm. So it changed the bone structure. Oh, of his yeah, head. that's interesting. Yeah. And they, they referenced that. It shows him holding out his hand to the kids. And, uh, you know, his bone structure is a little different uh, the way his knuckles like it kind of looks more like a gorilla's knuckles. Uh-huh. And I thought it was neat that they referenced that. And uh, and the fact that he says he still prefers you know climbing the the drapes to the second story as opposed to using the stairs because that's just his nature. Uh-huh. But um, when it when it actually does start getting away, um, they go on this journey basically to uh, because there's been some uh, reports of some wrongdoing and uh, enslaving of people throughout the different parts of the um, African continent to um, uh-huh. to try to go to see to investigate it further. That's where. Uh, um, Samuel L. Jackson's character comes into play, and he kind of becomes like a uh, um, like a sidekick, if you will, to uh, Tarzan's character. Which I thought I didn't expect it coming, but it ended up being a really interesting dynamic. And of course, <laughs> does he play like his? Does he have like his like dry sense of like? Is it is it Samuel L. Jackson playing himself? Uh, like he always oh, it's, does. It's Samuel L. Jackson. Isn't that so weird? I don't know why. Yeah. It's so it's, weird. It's, it's funny though. I mean, it's it's he's still in character, but I mean the the you know his dry kind of um, you know quippy remarks, you know, like his snappy uh, you know one-liners. I mean, it definitely drive you know definitely uh, it makes you laugh. There's some a lot of humor in there, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, I mean, I think I think he definitely brought an uh, interesting element to the movie that might not have been present without it i mean i was kind of surprised when it started i'm like how is samuel L. jackson gonna figure in yeah i because I, um, I didn't i didn't um like see the initial trailer i just saw the regular trailer when i saw him come out and start speaking i was like it's so it's just such an odd thing to see him in a movie like he fits perfectly in tarantino movies but in this 
when he showed up. It was just yeah. so off-putting. I was just wondering. I was like you. I was wondering how that was going to fit. Yeah, I mean, he was a little at first, but as the story gets rolling, you kind of get a little bit more acclimated to okay. his whole presence. And 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 you know, in a movie that with a cast that's predominantly British, mm-hmm. um, you know, being that it's set in England when it starts, and then the whole uh, expedition is uh, you know funded by an English king. Um, you're wondering how does his character play, and well, it turns out that he's actually um, he's actually on orders from uh, the American government, uh, working in conjunction with the uh, I can't remember. I think he's a general or uh, something in the American army, and he's been sent by the president to uh, investigate um, uh, 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 alleged reports of um, slavery going okay. on here and, and to report back. So that's kind of his involvement. If you're wondering, like, why is an American set in a British uh, thing? So, I mean, it, he, he fits into the story quite well. And once it gets going again, like, it, it, it'll probably take you a little bit getting used to. But in the end, I mean, I think his, his he definitely brought an enjoyable presence to the, you know, to the movie uh, when it was needed, both in, like, the action elements and the, uh, you know, the, <laughs> the, uh, you know, the remarks and the one-liners, but overall it was, it was an interesting story. I mean, there was some great action. Uh, there were some great interactions, some fantastically done CG animals. Um, like I said, it's getting so realistic these days. You almost can't even tell if they're real or CG. Yeah. Uh-huh. but, uh, just some of the beat, you know, some of the interactions, of course, Tarzan being who he is, um, the way he interacts with some of these animals, uh, there's, you know, like lions, there's elephants. And then of course his, uh, his mother, um, you know, the gorilla uh, that, you know, basically raised him is his uh, only mother he ever knew. Um, and there's, a, you know, a lot of interesting dynamics that definitely kind of pull on the, you know, emotional side of the story. Um, and then, of course, Margot Robbie's uh, portrayal as Jane is kind of the uh, damsel in distress. Uh, you know, his wife mm-hmm. uh, basically is his whole motivation. They capture her to lure him in because, uh, you know, I don't want to give too much away, right? But, yeah. You know, it's kind of what leads him down this path. And, uh, overall, I mean, it, it was a fun, I mean, like I said, I think it was a fun, enjoyable movie. Um, is it good? How long, how long was it? Was it over two hours or it was right around two hours, I believe. Okay. Yeah. I think maybe right over two hours. So it's, um, it's not on the real short side, but it's not terribly long. It doesn't, I don't think it overstays. It's welcome. I think for most people it's, right about the two hour mark. So I think it'll, uh, it'll be a fun watch for people. But, uh, um, I, th- I definitely think there were parts of it that could have been a little better. Uh, the story could have probably been developed a little better, but I mean, there was some good set piece moments. There was, uh, some good action. Um, uh, you know, there was battles in the jungle battles in uh, you know, on boats. Um, you know, there was, there was some neat things with, uh, you know, rain effects and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, there, there was a really good contrast. PG, of, PG or PG-13 or? I believe it was PG-13. Oh, okay. I was wondering the. So, yeah, a white audience, yeah, I could go okay. see it. All right. And, uh, yeah, and like I said, I think Alexander Skarsgård did a uh, did a really awesome job as Tarzan. And I would definitely recommend it to, uh, you know, the average moviegoer. If you liked what you saw in the trailer, I don't think, you know, if, if the notion of going to see Tarzan uh, if it seemed entertaining to you, then I think you would in- mostly enjoy it. Um, if you weren't, you know, too excited by the trailer, I don't think there's too much in here that'll probably sell you over because, um, you know, you pretty much get what you 
see in the trailer. Mm-hmm. But um, I definitely enjoyed it. It was a fun experience. I think maybe oh. um, maybe on a second viewing, there's more that you could kind of take from it. Um, but there was a lot. There's a lot to you know enjoy about it, and I would uh, I definitely recommend it. And I'd probably uh, if I had to review it on my rating, I'd out of a five, I'd yeah. probably give it about three. Oh, okay. So good, solid film. Nice. Yeah, I'll definitely, I'll definitely have to check that out when it comes out. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. I guess when when did it come out? Like a week ago or two weeks ago? Uh, I believe it came out. Um, I wonder if it is. Oh no, actually, it, was, it, it came out right in June. Didn't of, it? it was. It was actually right before Fourth of July weekend. That's right. So it's probably right. at theaters at this point. Yeah. Or I think it actually was Fourth of July weekend. Okay. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll definitely check that out when it comes out. Yeah. But yeah, man, that sounds cool. It was a fun movie. Cool. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess the other, um, just the other movie I had, it, it's, there's nothing really, I don't really don't have that much to say about it. I watched that, um, um, Jack Ryan, the shadow recruit. Oh, okay. And, um, yeah, I mean, really, really the only thing that I could kind of take from it is it, it, it's just like, I, in the end, I just think it's a movie that, that doesn't really know what it wants to be. Like it does it want to be like an espionage thriller, like, or does it want to be like a political thriller? And like, you know, usually, usually like when you try to meld those two, like, I mean, they do it really well in like Born and Bond, uh, you know, to an extent, um, you know, those movies are usually a lot longer and a lot more complex, but this one just seemed, I don't know, it kind of just was one of those movies you would just kind of throw on and uh, was really entertaining throughout. It's just, I found that the political thriller side was was sort of boring like it, it didn't really um you know once once uh i mean basically like they you know the cia gets uh jack ryan they recruit jack ryan to you know to to, to get information from him because he works as a uh stockbroker i believe and if i remember right it's been like a week or so now but and jack ryan of course for those listening is uh is uh the great uh character uh brought to life throughout the novels and uh tom clancy yeah <laughs> that's great he said the great <laughs> well he was he was one of, he was one of the uh the more popular characters that um they've they've based movies off of uh many uh uh a lot of them portrayed by harrison ford the jack ryan character oh yeah yeah now um, in uh what clear and present danger patriot games um then course you had some of all fears yeah were portrayed by um uh ben affleck, ben affleck. yeah, yeah and, so and I, I would say i enjoyed probably all those better i i don't know there's something i don't know how you feel there's something about chris pine i just i don't i don't really enjoy like he's just it's kind of like he he fits these roles like i guess the way he looks but he's just not a great actor in my opinion mm-hmm. He just, he, he doesn't really, he, he's like kind of like the Ryan Reynolds. Like he's just kind of there, you know, he doesn't really, uh, it feels yeah, more he, like a job. he doesn't have a like, lot of it, dynamics always. Yeah, exactly. Through. I mean, he's he right in the right role. Charisma but... either. Like there's, there's no yeah. charisma. There's no, there's nothing that tells you like, like he's trying to like ramp up the tension or being surprised. It's kind of just like a one note like straight through as hard as the guy tries in all of his roles to me just is like just like a middle road jobber like kind of person who just kind of shows up to do the job and doesn't really seem to 
I don't know, take it to that next level. But yeah, uh, I mean, I I've, I enjoy his performances. Um, probably my most notable is you know his performance as Kirk yeah. in the the recent Star Trek reboots. I mean, I think he he um, he brings a lot of charm to that role. But I mean, yeah, I've seen a, uh, several other movies outside of that where you know his performance can kind of come off a little flat and uh and just kind of uninspired you know not not all the time like i wouldn't say go as far as say he's a horrible actor but um yeah i mean yeah he just doesn't bring a lot of dynamics to different kinds of roles it's just kind of like a what you see is what you get kind of thing yeah it's just kind of yeah it's just like middle of the road he needs for for him to be successful in a role i think he needs like the sidekick you know like the the person that'll elevate it a little bit more like like remember he was in Unstoppable with uh, Denzel Washington like I love the movie uh, yes I never saw that movie yeah oh yeah I love the movie it, but him it's just it's like you said it's just kind of like it's just a uh, like a straight at, straight across the board it doesn't really add anything to it and like Denzel does all the heavy lifting and uh-huh. he, he just kind of like usually plays these characters with like dark pasts and. You just don't feel it. I don't know. I guess that it's hard to explain that. And like, remember he was in that zombie movie that Carriers I thought was was not that great. And okay, I don't know. I just for whatever reason, and even him as Kirk, like I think he gets the mannerisms down, but I just don't get that that sense that he's like like giving it his full like like his full effort for whatever reason. Yeah. But I don't know. He's just one of those kind of like Ryan Reynolds, just kind of there. But uh, um, yeah. Anyway, so. But yeah, I mean, the movie is, you know, just has, you know, your your double crosses and, um, you know, your twists and turns and things like that. But it never really it never really like to me, it never really was like that interesting. It just kind of was like on the surface, just something, you know, like I was saying, just to kind of throw on like. But but one shining like well, one shining part of the whole movie was uh, Kira Knightley was really good in it. Like, yeah, she I, was. I, I thought, thought she, she was, did a she, good job as his. Uh... Is his fiance right or no? Yeah. They weren't engaged. No, they were going. Oh, well, I think they do get engaged. That was, that was like, the whole premise behind the movie, right? Because she mm-hmm. couldn't, he couldn't, he couldn't tell her anything once he was approached by Kevin Costner. Yeah, he's your typical. There's a rule in the CIA: you can only tell him if you're married. Married, yeah. And he kept trying to get her to marry him, exactly. but she kind of kept putting putting marriage off, and until then, he had to kind of lead his. Like he was leading this whole double life that yeah. he wanted to tell her about, but he couldn't yeah. because of like a CIA exactly. code of conduct uh, or something. We were but, sworn to yeah, secrecy. so she she started figuring it out and you know trying to thinking thinking that he was cheating on her and things like that. And it just like yeah. like I'm saying, it just it has it has all the elements for like a, an espionage thriller. It just it's just so middle of the road that it I don't know. It just really yeah. wasn't that interesting to me. It wasn't. Yeah, it didn't elevate it towards like a Bond or a Bourne or yeah, exactly. If anything like that. Under the Bourne movies, you're kind of kind of come away from this wanting wanting more because it, it this doesn't yeah it doesn't really give you a, it doesn't know whether it wants to be one or the other, but it doesn't really do either. And <laughs> I'd imagine I'd imagine it was I'd imagine it's based off a book. I'm not sure, but it, it just seems like it was so um I, like I was saying, it's just so one note like it. It was so easy to understand. It wasn't like Mission Impossible or um, like Pelican Brief, something that's going to give you like like that tension you need to move on. It just, you know, the Kevin Costner was the classic, you know, shadowy character that just kind of shows up like 
like uh, like in all the like Deep Throat and the X Files. He just shows up and gives these little bits of information and leaves. You know, it's like it doesn't really. I don't know. It just like I was saying, it just doesn't have a lot of tension. But uh, right. Um, I think I gave it like a. I'm trying to remember what I gave it. I think I gave it like a two and a half. Like yeah, yeah, two and a half out of five. Yeah. So. That's yeah, that sounds about what I, really... I I remember I saw it back when it came out in the theaters. Uh-huh. It's really nothing to write home about, but uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I had to say about it. And uh, I guess what what uh, what other movie did you see? Uh, I had a chance to see uh, The Conjuring Two. Uh huh. No, yeah. I I haven't seen I haven't seen the the movie, um, but uh, I know. Like, I, if you want to, like, talk about the story, like, I know, I read the book, so I know the, the gist of it. Like, so you can, don't don't worry about spoiling it or anything. Yeah, well, uh, I, you know, basically, um, so it's, it's, uh, it's a continuation of the story that's kind of set up in, I believe, the first Conjuring and uh, uh, Ed and Lorraine. Um, Warren. Uh, yeah, it's, it's about their story, their, their deals with the paranormal. Um, in this particular story... It actually uh, starts off uh, a little. It, it kind of backtracks a little, and it starts off with the Amityville incident. Apparently, mm-hmm. they were called to investigate that. Right. And it kind of shows you how Ed's wife um, Lorraine has a connection, um, mm-hmm. how she's able to get these uh, uh, visions. Yeah, she's a medium. Uh, she's a medium, right? Mm-hmm. So she gets these visions, and she's able to kind of relive these uh, experiences. Uh, uh, you know, they, they kind of tell them, you know, in slightly altered way, they kind of tell her now, what uh, they want her. Did, did they did they show that in flashback or was that at the beginning of the movie? It was at the beginning of the movie. It was told uh, was it like cons- a flashback. OK, but it, it actually I mean, you actually see the events through her perspective of what happens. OK, yeah, I was just wondering. So um, but it was a pretty neat little scene the way that I won't I won't spoil anything. But the way uh, she like relives the the uh, the premonition mm-hmm. um, is, is it was really uh, was really pretty neat. And then uh, eventually through this, uh, it leads to, I guess, what was one of their other most publicized uh, cases was a case over in uh, in England. Mm-hmm. Uh, where a single mom of like four kids mm-hmm. um, was being haunted in this house that they lived in, um, which and, was like uh, terrifying to read about. I'm not, I I'm, I don't know how the like was the movie scary. I guess I should ask the guy off the top. Yeah, I, I mean, okay. like I, I I thought it genuinely had some really good scares in there. And uh, being that I'm a fan of a, I'm a f- fan of a James. Uh, James Wan, uh-huh. uh, of course. I mean, I know, I know you are too. Oh yeah. Um, basically, uh, the, uh, um, yeah, you know, of course, he's uh, the creator of Saw. Um, you know, he's done the Insidious movies. Um, he's done so much. You know, mm-hmm. Dead Silence. Oh yeah. Um, and uh, I mean, he just. Fast Seven. <laughs> Fast Seven. Uh, yeah, of course. <laughs> Fast Seven. Everyone remembers that. Oh, yeah. his, that was his. Uh, a call to the action yeah. uh, genre, but uh, no, I mean he 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 delivers what you expect from a James Wan experience. I mean, there's uh, some really really there's some good storytelling. There's uh, he he finds a really innovative approach to the way he does some of uh, the scares in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, really 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 creep some creepy imagery. The way uh, some of the visions are kind of brought to life. Some of the manifestations that you see. 
Um, and it's 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 interesting because a lot of it's told through the the main character who's a little girl, um, and and it kind of just brings it to life because it's kind of like a child's um, a point of view of all these events kind of unfolding. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, they they travel there, and she tries to help them understand, um, you know, what's going on, and uh, you know, people are trying to say that it's not it's not really happening that this girl's making it all up. And, uh, and then, then it kind of sets this event series of events in emotion that, uh, in motion that just, you know, kind of is the plays out as the rest of the movie goes on. But I mean, I thought there were some really creepy parts in there, some really, really well done scares. And, uh, um, yeah, I mean, I, I just, I really enjoyed the movie. Um, of course, I, I think it should be said that I, I never saw the first one. Mm-hmm. So, which, um, I don't think you have to have seen because no, they're like separate stories. They're separate stories, so they completely stand on their own. You don't mm-hmm. have to have seen it. No. I know I got, I got like everything I needed to out of this movie without having seen the first one. Mm-hmm. So if you're afraid of, um, you know, should I go see it? If I haven't seen the first one, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, I was worried myself, but didn't end up ruining anything. But um, yeah, I was glad. I was glad to see that John Lee and Eddie steered clear. It was clear of this film so yes uh, i, I haven't seen annabelle uh but i've heard his directing duties on that uh were pretty pretty uh awful. pretty infamous yeah it was awful John like, especially, especially being um like especially being like my favorite story from the book yeah like like See, and i've never read the book but I've that, heard that one the annabelle story and the story from conjuring 2 or like two of my favorite stories from the book. And I know, I mean, Lee and Eddie didn't write it, but still like, <laughs> I know you have to put all the blame on the director, but the directing duties weren't that great. So, and the story, <laughs> we was... all know John Lee and Eddie's, uh, great, uh, credits include, uh, the, uh, the great, uh, cult, uh, awesome. uh martial arts, classic mortal Kombat <laughs> annihilation. Oh Yeah. That'll live in infamy. Oh, definitely. Uh, we're still. I don't think. Well, I don't think we'll ever get another Mortal Kombat movie right. after that atrocity. I seriously don't think anybody wants to touch it. <laughs> like even uh, even though even though the games like do really well, but yeah, I think that guy just permanently ruined the uh, the landscape for yeah the feasibility of another Mortal Kombat movie. Yeah, but who knows? Maybe but, one day there's hope. Yeah, I mean. Like just what I love about like when you just think of like horror in this generation, like the net, like I guess the new generation. But James Wan just seems to be the guy that that shows up. He knows like all of his favorite like sensibilities as far as like you can tell. Like he like plays everything on his sleeve. Like you know with Hitchcock and he loves that. He just has a really good eye for like that '70s and '80s style as far as like filmmaking goes. Like with the wide angle lenses and like the the cool shots of like you know, going through like an entire house seemingly on one cut, things like that, and doing a good job. Like, he just seems like a guy that knows what he's doing. Like, he shows up and he adds his like own creative spin on like, like, like um, things you're familiar with and like old style horror. Whereas like, and but still keeps it kind of like, um, like modern, but doesn't like yeah. do it with that glossy, you know, uh, overly glossy like feel to like most horror movies now that come out you know that's yeah. just what i always have always appreciated by juan you know yeah and, I'm and sure i think the thing that's interesting about him too and about his work is you know in in today's day and age like the horror genre of course 
you had all the standouts, all the greats in, uh, um, you know, in the seventies and eighties, you know, like, um, you had, a uh, um, John Carpenter, of course, which mm-hmm. numerous credits to his name, you know, yeah. um, you had, um, I'm the, the, I, I, his, I'm blank on his name, the creator of, uh, the Friday, the 13th series. Oh, uh, Cunningham, Sean S. Cunningham. Yeah, Sean S. Cunningham. I yeah. mean, you have, uh, you know, all the great visionaries that she's kind of got out of the, uh, you know, Wes Craven and um, uh, all of those guys kind of, you know, that built a name for themselves. And in today's day and age, the horror genre has just become like a real throwaway type of genre. I mean, all these remakes that come out, all of these, uh, you know, new movies, you really don't see a lot of stable of uh, of notable names. I mean, it's always like just jobbers coming in. Yeah. Just, because they don't want to take a chance. They don't. They don't want to take a chance. Yeah, no one wants to do anything original. They just want to spit a movie out that'll make you know fifty or sixty million in its opening weekend. You know, they shoot it on a budget of like thirty million or forty million. So it's like if it makes its budget back, then it's like job well done, guys. You know, mm-hmm. everyone is happy, and then they go home and then they start planning the next one. And you really don't see any names anymore as far as directors. Um, in this day and age and James Wan has really been kind of one of the one of the few constants that uh is still kind of uh you know I mean of course from his kind of introduction on the scene with Saw and of course we all know the success even though the first Saw movie was the only one he directed right um he was kind of the the uh you know he had kind of written out the the uh template for kind of how the series would unfold and I know he was a producer on uh, all yeah. sequence sequels but just in just like his contributions to i know he was like the writer for uh, De- uh dead space the first dead space video game right which was you know very successful and um he just has this like yeah it just brings this presence that you don't see today in horror that yeah. i think is recognizable and very welcomed and uh a lot of it's present in the conjuring too i mean he the way he sets up like a lot of his scares mm-hmm. he uh he just knows how to capture like these these truly kind of chilling moments, um, like through through the imagery, the way he sets up the the type of scare. I mean, he kind of gets inside your head. He knows like what what kind of people, you know, what people are afraid of, what makes them scary. I know um, there's this one particular uh, uh, vision uh, throughout the whole movie. This this like kind of demonic, creepy looking nun. Mm-hmm. And oh my gosh, it's just like so incredibly creepy every time you see that figure. I mean, it's just like he just knows how to get in your head. Nice. And, uh, and there's there's lots of other things in there that I won't spoil for uh, people uh, that have not seen the movie. But the, just just some really well set up shots. Um, you know, he kind of continues to bring his like trademark um, style. You know, the you know, just kind of showing you the unexpected as far as like what you've kind of seen in a lot of modern horror. Mm-hmm. But um, aside from all that, I mean, the scares are great. I mean, the, uh, the, uh, the acting was re- actually really well done, not just by uh, the, uh, the main actors that play Ed and Lorraine, but um, uh, the British cast as well, the little girl and her mother, um, you know, they, they really bring like this believable uh, sensibility to kind of a, you know, struggling, uh, lower class uh, British family during the 70s mm-hmm. and, and just the setting he has such a good attention to detail the the little house that it takes place in is just I mean it's just like it's kind of a creepy place you know I mean you've yeah. got like paint chipping off the walls I mean it's just like 
the furniture's old and I don't know, you just get this sense of foreboding mm-hmm. uh, just when you walk around when it shows the exterior shots and interior shots. Yeah, and and from what I what I loved about is I thought that the casting of what's his uh uh uh, Farmiga and uh, Patrick Wilson were like yes. like great as the characters in the first one. Yeah, and absolutely. That, and they did a great job in this one. I think mm-hmm. um, bringing you know the uh, their their characters to life as Ed and Lorraine. I mean, mm-hmm. they were. I mean, like like they're they're you know you were like sympathetic for them. You you uh, you know they really had uh, an emotional connection between. The characters and uh, you really kind of felt sympathetic for them and their struggles. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It just came through the movie really well. Awesome. And do, do they show? Do they show a lot of their house? Uh they they show bits of it. They do. Do they do they go into the? Do they? I forget what they call it. But they go into their room with all of the artifacts. They do uh, towards the end. Uh, well, there there's a scene in there. They do, but not not extensively. Okay, but it is it is shown briefly, I think, believe towards the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but they they don't spend a lot of time, and they, they there is a couple other scenes, I believe, in like their their office, uh-huh. and then there's scenes of like in their living room throughout the movie. Um, and it's interesting because like they show the actual scene of or the picture of the the real office, and it's just chilling how how close they got it. I mean, every little book and feature from the desk to the windows the wood paneling i mean it's like crazy how it looks exactly like their office you know in the, that's the awesome set. so there's a real attention to detail oh yeah that's awesome yeah yeah because uh, i know oh. i know um um yeah i mean you know say what you will about uh you know the paranormal investigator shows of today you know i mean they're absolutely ridiculous you know like the paranormal investigator shows where they're going through with like the the night the uh, night shot on and you know a, a, a like a door will move and they're like what is that and they'll run towards it. I mean you know it's all it's all completely ridiculous but for whatever reason like just seeing just reading some of like the or you know and from the first movie um, and I'm especially probably from the second movie as well I mean it just seems like whenever something's based on a true story you know how, however loose that is it just it just adds more of a realism to it you know. And, you know, Definitely. just having someone like Juan behind the camera will make it come to life better than, you know, like we were talking about earlier, like a jobber or something kind of coming in and, you know, just shooting, you know, uh, you know, I know they have the source material and they have all the notes of Ed and Lorraine to go by and things like that and and pictures and things like that. So right. that's always like something that's really interesting. And they're really good. Um, they're really good storytellers, too. So, I mean, I guess yes, that's that's yes. another that's another really good like like thing to consider too with the you know like these movies in general and and like i can definitely see them like of course they're going to have all their spinoffs you know with all the different artifacts that they have because there's so many that they collect over the years but it'll be really cool like moving forward to see what other stories they tackle next you know if they indeed do indeed do another one because like i know they they do these movies for so cheap and they make so much money like yeah the the money yeah i'm sure the studios love that yeah, like the money returned on, on like horror movies, like it's just that's why like these just keep being they're just made over and over again. It's just right, like the the profit margin on these are it's astronomical, even better than like blockbusters that come out. Like yeah, because you, you, you look, they make them for these budgets of like fifteen, twenty, thirty yeah. million, and then they'll go and gross like 
100 million, 100 million yeah. domestically. Yeah, this and one made have the worldwide, and then you have the home video sales. So it's yeah. like win, 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 win. Right. For exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, no. In the in the the interesting thing about Conjuring, if I can say, uh, is that more than just being a horror movie, um, a lot of times most people just go to like horror movies for the shock and the the scares and um, you know kind of the creepy aspects of it, but which which was all present in this movie and done very well, mind you. But it was just like you brought up earlier is uh, the storytelling. It was just a good story, so that kind of made the experience that much better. Um, uh, you know, between just the the scares and the uh, and uh, the quality of the story. I mean, you actually got like a quality story. It wasn't just some, you know, hour and a half of people just you know trying to kill people or shock people. I mean, there was there was a uh, you actually kind of got behind the story, and uh, you know, in the end, it was it was a uh, it was an interesting experience because of the quality of the story. Right. I mean, you were actually interested in what you were seeing i mean it was like compelling right and uh and, and that's the thing about like james wan i mean with his movies he it's like he he's not like like we mentioned earlier these jobbers that you know you you might see their name pop up on the radar doing oh the the 13th friday the 13th sequel or the you know the the fifth uh <laughs> uh you know um uh paranormal activities movie i mean these he actually respects the genre and he cares a lot about it. He brings his creativity rather than someone who just shows up to collect a check and just try to release some movie that's just put out there for the sake of just trying to be shocking. And right. Uh, I mean, look, look, like, look what like he, so many of these other movies. I mean, he did this after fast and furious. He could pretty much do anything he wanted to, <laughs> Yeah. He, you know, he comes back and does horror, which he started with, you know? So, yeah. So I think that's it's why neat that... he's kind of like Nolan in that fact where, he comes back and does, you know, the movies he wants to do, like in his in his wheelhouse. But then he also does the big budget stuff, like you know, with like exactly. Aquaman coming out. Yeah, I'm so excited to see. I I, uh, I heard there was rumors a while back that he may depart the project, which they haven't proved to be true. It's just rumor at this point. But I'm really, really hoping that he doesn't, because I would really like to see what he can do with that property. Mm-hmm. I think. With his with his talent and his uh, direction and kind of dedication, I think he could really, really, really do some impressive work with the Aquaman IP. Right. So yeah, definitely, definitely excited, and uh, yeah, I, I definitely recommend Conjuring Two to uh, fans of the horror genre and uh, just anyone that wants a good a good scare. Cool. And uh, what would you what would you give it out of five? I, I you know I I really. I, you know, this this may go up with a uh, with a rewatch because it's one of those movies where there's a lot to take in. But um, I would give it a three and a half out of five. Okay. With uh, you know, I could possibly see my myself uh, giving it a little bit more. Um, but it was definitely a, a great experience, and I definitely recommend it to uh, fans of horror and uh, or just fans of James Wan. He definitely delivers on this one. Awesome. Yeah. That's cool. I can't wait to watch that one. I'm gonna yeah. try to fit. I'm gonna try to fit that in. Hopefully, yeah. I don't know if it's in theaters anymore, but um, hopefully, try to fit it in in the next couple of days. Yeah, I think they'll uh, really like it. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I, I have some other stuff to talk about, but um, it, it's the 
I mean, I guess I'll just mention that Sherlock. I watched that Sherlock special, that Abominable oh, Bride. Okay. Came out. How was that? And you know, just just real quick, like um, it was excellent. Like, there's just something about there's something about that show that just transitions it being from a show, like to just like like just fantastic, like T. Like, I mean, it's still considered TV, but I mean, it just transcends like all TV. Like, it just has. It just like that show just has a sense of what it wants to do and like the stories it wants to tell. And it just yeah. elevates it. Like it's not just like some like something you throw on the like, you know, like, like you know, I did, they do like that elementary show, like that's uh-huh. kind of a spinoff. It's uh-huh. not like that where it's like a CSI where, you know, they go and investigate. I've never watched it, but I assume it's like that where they go investigate yeah. a murder and, you know, that's kind of it. You know, it's just. You kind of watch the you watch the story unfold, and there's a conclusion. Like with the Sherlock's, like they are like top quality movie productions. Like they're they're just they're cool. They're like they're fast, and the story's great. Like they keep you on your toes. And this one was like no different. It's just um, without I mean without getting too much into it. it just what's neat about it is it actually is a story that takes place within Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's Sherlock. Oh, okay. So, so it was it it uh, it and it ties goes back to like the 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 eighteenth or was it eighteenth century setting? I believe 17th. so. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. And um, that's what that's like the most interesting aspect about it because you get to see you know how they are mo- like in the modern day, but them going back right. in, back in the in the in the time and and how that they actually like like um filter that back into the regular story. It's just uh-huh. genius. Like it's not. That's just the story. That's just the thing I could just take away from Sherlock. Is the show is just genius. Right. Like is the best writing, the best acting, like the best stories. Like it has all the classic stories that you like know of. Like, um, but they like elevate them. They bring them like to that modern edge. And and you know it. I know there's only like three episodes a season, but it's just the best. Like I wouldn't even consider it TV. I just consider it like the best like movies that you can just put on and watch because they're just yeah because each episode's like an hour and a half so it's like a movie yeah exactly and it's like doing three three movies a year basically yeah pretty per, much per season per series or whatever you could yeah pretty it. much and and then and the, the acting i mean i cannot stress i mean everyone who's seen it will know but i just cannot oh, yeah. stress how fantastic the acting is like yeah all benedict cumberbatch and uh um it's it's just fantastic. Yeah, it's and like, a great cast. Yeah, and um, it the bad guy who is in uh, Spectre, he's the uh, he plays Moriarty in this. The, oh, okay. The best. I mean, you just when you when you think about like good versus evil and like bad guy versus good guy, it just doesn't get any better than that. Like that's just what I think of. Like it's like the Kirk and Khan dynamic where it's just like perfect. Like the acting. This is- just this so is the uh, the characters from the, the the modern show, right? So it brings back Martin Freeman and yeah, yeah, they're all uh, Benedict in it. Cumberbatch. Uh, yeah, it's in a okay. it's in a. I'm not going to spoil anything. I'll just say it's a in an alternate reality, right? Somewhat. I know that's okay. vague. Anybody who's seen it, you know, it's vague. But anybody who's seen it will understand. But I don't want to give away kind of where it's based in time, really, because that's right. one of the most interesting aspects of it. But yeah, it's just like okay. what I was saying. Like at the end of it. You just could, you just get a, you come away with it with just like just a like you went on this like fantastic ride where it's just like 
the stories, the acting and everything kind of just melds so well. And it like gives you like something so different and so interesting um, that it, I don't know, it just transcends, like I was saying, like TVs or movies and like they do the same thing in like Doctor Who, like, like in the last couple seasons, like it's just, they give you these stories like you just never would ever think of. And they're able to like, you know, like, like almost like a really good book, like, you know, like a really interesting book or something. It's just like a place you can go and watch and, you know, just be enveloped by the characters and like brand new stories and things like that. And it's like unlike anything else you've seen. But anyway, it was, it was like fantastic. It just stinks that it's probably going to be another two years until the next season or so. so. (laughs) Yeah. because I mean, they're, they're both so busy. I know, uh, of course, Benedict Cumberbatch is, uh, He's, you know, taking yeah. on the role of Doctor Strange yeah, uh, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And, you know, hopefully with the success of that, I mean, and <laughs> Martin, and, and Martin Freeman's in uh, uh, Captain America. Yes, yes. He had a small role, but um, could possibly be an ongoing role. Uh, he was uh, I'm sure in yeah. the Civil War because they're not they're not going to cast him for such a small part. Right. So he'll he'll. I bet you there's some 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 kind of guarantee later on, but anyway, yeah, it was it was great. So awesome. um, that's pretty much that's it. I mean, happy. other than um, I guess we can talk about Zootopia um, when you get a chance. I mean, whenever you get a chance to see it, just let me know. We can talk about that. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna, gonna try to check that one out very soon. Mm-hmm. Right. I didn't, like I was saying, I, I don't have a lot to say about it, but uh, um, okay, yeah, we can talk about that. I guess when you when you uh, get up to it, but. Uh, yeah. yeah, I guess, I guess other than doing do you want to talk or, about some mention some upcoming movies coming up? Yeah. So um, I guess. Yeah, I guess this week we've got Ghostbusters coming out, which uh, look out for. We may uh, have a review of that. Yep. Um, uh, of course, the week after that, we've got a uh, Star Trek Beyond uh, Ice Age uh, and uh, Lights Out uh, and Jason Bourne, just to mention a few mm-hmm. or some. uh good upcoming movies kind of throughout the end of july early august uh that we're definitely looking forward to so definitely look out for some reviews on those yeah yeah that july 22nd is gonna be tough it's star trek ice age and lights out all on the same day yeah all on the same day so that's gonna be a big weekend for movies yeah yeah that ought to be and who's directing that lights out um david sandberg yeah so i believe isn't he the same one that did oculus did he do oh no did he do uh i guess the guy didn't do the original short that's doing the movie ah no he so. didn't no he didn't okay. i don't think okay yeah I, I guess this is his first film he's just done a bunch of short films okay oh no no it is it is the same guy yeah it is okay. the same guy who filmed the original short oh that's cool that's, good that's really cool yeah well, look out for those because it will yeah. definitely um, have probably reviews of all or most of those uh, in the uh, upcoming episodes. Yeah, what did you want to see? What did you want to tackle next week? Um, not really sure. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to see Ghostbusters. Um, <laughs> I'm kind of kind of on the fence about it because I'm such, and I know you are too, yeah, such yeah. a huge passionate fan about the uh, the original. Um, I haven't been real crazy about what I've seen. Uh, from the trailers, but you know, I'm willing to to give it a go to try yeah. to you know, try to see see it for what it is, and um, you know, try to see see you know if it stands on its own or if it just kind of 
takes the old gags and just kind of throws them around like a lot of these movies tend to do. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. Um, uh, there's some other movies I haven't had a chance to see yet. There's the one with uh, Matthew McConaughey, Free State of Jones, which I was kind of mm-hmm. interested in from, uh, you know, kind of Civil War era um, movie about, uh, you know, the mm-hmm. slavery and whatnot. It looked, it looked right. really interesting. Then uh, um, the sequel to Now You See Me, Now You See Me 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, was really kind of looking forward to that. I rather enjoyed the first one. So I'm going to try to check that one out if I can. Oh, okay. And, yeah, um, yeah I guess we'll... Uh, oh, yeah, and I guess whenever you get around to seeing Zootopia, we can talk about that. Yeah, hopefully and... by our next episode, we should have that one in there. Yeah, and I'm trying to think if there's anything else um on the side oh i really i wanted to watch uh that last divergent movie oh allegiant Allegiant, yeah so i'll I'll probably check that out at some point yeah and uh i think that's about it i think that's about it a lot of movies today yeah covered quite a bit today so um yeah i guess uh yeah thanks for listening and um like i said if you have any uh questions um, or have anything you just want to shoot to us, the email address is uh, feasiblefilm at gmail.com. You can send in like questions or comments or whatever. Um, if you would mind like sharing it like on iTunes, giving us a good review on there or um, wherever you might listen to it on Stitcher or, or uh, Pocket Cast or anything like that, um, that would be appreciated. And um, yeah, I guess until next time, uh, thanks for listening. And see you later. See you later. Bye.